This is episode 38 with serial entrepreneur Jeff Lopes. We discuss Jeff's multi-million dollar business journey, the importance of family, and how to schedule your day to align with your goals. Welcome to 8 Billion Gifts. This is your host Sohil, a footballer, creative, and student. On this show, we talk to all kinds of people to discover their stories, their mindset, and their unique gift. Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast. Today's conversation is going to be very exciting because I am here with Jeff Lopes. As a proud father of two, Jeff has built an impressive resume with over 24 years as an entrepreneur. His passion for brand building has led to globally known brands like Kimura Wear, from his home basement to a multi-million dollar corporation that has sold well over a quarter million pairs of boxing gloves worldwide since inception. In 2008, When Jeff's second child was born, his family faced a life-changing moment which altered the future of his business and life plans. That led to True Blue Homes, a vacation rentals business that is filled with properties in the beautiful northern parts of Ontario, Canada. Jeff also gives back to young entrepreneurs by coaching and mentoring. His goal is to teach a balance between family and business while creating life-lasting memories, financial freedom, and happiness. Jeff, thank you for coming on. How are you? I'm doing amazing, brother. Thank you for having me. This is going to be fun today. I'm excited to be on this podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on. I'm really happy we got connected. And before this podcast, actually, you gave me a couple of minutes of feedback on the podcast and how I'm doing things. So firstly, I really appreciate that. And secondly, what gave you the passion to want to help out younger entrepreneurs? You know what? I, I've Everybody always talks about mentors and having mentors and Growing up, I really never had a direct mentor. I had indirect mentors. Mm -hmm. So when I mean indirect mentors, I was always constantly indulging myself with knowledge, whether I was reading, I was reading, listening to podcasts, um, TV shows, always trying to indulge as much information as possible I could in the business world or in an entrepreneurial space. And then I would pick little parts of it and kind of build my own persona, my my own path with it. And I realized that, over 25 years, I've been very successful business-wise as an entrepreneur, but I could have been so further ahead if I had somebody teaching me these things that I would have made so many less mistakes. I would have been so clear on a lot of my past, my visions. So knowing that now after 25 years, I think it's almost my duty to be able to help young entrepreneurs like yourself and give you some guidance and give you a little step ahead because you're essentially the future. And it's not only that too, it's it's having that, it's just, it's just almost a fulfillment to me. I, I, I'm the type of person I like seeing people succeed. I don't care about competition. I've never cared about competition. To me, it's just, there's 8, 8 billion people in this world. There's enough comp- There's enough business for everyone. It's being able to pass along and see the journey of young entrepreneurs succeed and grow. And I think we live in, in an era that entrepreneurial is just becoming such a vast part of how a lot of younger the younger generation is looking at starting their own business, starting their own venture, especially 2020 was a year where I think a lot of people took a step back, but you're going to see a lot more entrepreneurs coming out of this going forward, 2020, 2022. So my goal is just to try to help out as many as, as I possibly can. And then my new direction is helping out father entrepreneurs, because that's a huge part of my new ventures. Man's purpose is helping as many dad entrepreneurs create a balance between family and, and, and business life and succeed on both sides. Yeah, it's a beautiful impact and we're going to get more into that. But before that, I would love to get you sharing a bit more about your story. So you've been in business for over 24 years now. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about younger Jeff. 
Like, were you always into business? And then maybe transition that into how you started your first business. Yeah. So I've always had kids trying to make extra money. Like I was really into sports cards at 12, 13 years old. My dad would drop me off at a, and back then sports cars were massive where there was a sports car store, every corner, there was literally a show every weekend. My dad would drop me off at, an, at, an, at a, at a sports card show on a Saturday. I would come in with 25 bucks, buy packs, sell, buy, trade, and leave with a hundred bucks in my pocket every Saturday. And that was my spending money. So I've always had that hustler mentality. And I've always had that mindset where it's like, I needed to be a leader. When I was in school, I had to be the, always the one cleaning the class. I, I was on a team. I had to be always one trying to be the captain. I was always had that leader mentality where I always wanted to lead by example. And when I was 17, that was actually my, so I've been an entrepreneur for even way over 25 years. I'm 44 now. When I was 17 is when I actually started my first business. And um, how I started that was um, I was in high school and all my friends after school, we'd go to the local mall and we knew some of the managers at the stores and some of these stores after school between three and seven, there's a lot of theft going on. People, kids after school stealing and they would always say like, oh, I can't, like, we can't stop this. And I was like, why don't you just put a security guard at the door? Prevention, this loss prevention. If you see a security at the door, they're going to go to the next store. They're not going to come to yours. And, and I was like, there's a business to be made here. And I actually went to my dad, got 250 bucks off my dad. I paid 60 bucks for a sole registered business. I bought a three security jackets, three walkies, some business cards and hired all my buddies from high school. And I went to the mall and I would go store to store selling this business concept. And I was charging 13, I think it was like 13, 25 an hour to the stores. And I was paying my friends back then minimum wage was six bucks an hour, 625 or something like that. And, and I started at one point I had like seven or eight shops with all my friends working from three to seven o'clock every night. And, and we did that for about a year, year and a bit. And um, the issue was a lot of my buddies would actually not show up for their shift. And I ended up starting to do a lot of their shifts and my parents were screaming at me because I was trying to finish high school, trying to get into college. And then I'm selling that business and um, sold the business a year and a half later for 2,500 bucks, paid my back, bad back to 250. And it's funny because the gentleman that bought that business till this day is called Strictly Security Service, still runs that company. And, and that was my first venture into really becoming an entrepreneur. Then at 19, I was, I was really heavily into the fitness industry and I was taking fitness leadership at Humber College. And I decided that I really wanted to be an entrepreneur. And, and that was when it started. I, I, ran a, I started a consulting company called Millennium Bodies, which is consulting to gyms, running, putting in backend systems into gyms. And, and that was where it all started in, in 25, it's been 25 years later, I've, I'm still going strong. Never worked for nobody. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I love how with entrepreneurship, you, you always start small, like you're not making a lot of money, but the skills you build up during the process is so valuable. 100%. That is, it 100%. lasts the whole lifetime for your future. Yeah, you're, al you're always learning, you're always developing, you're always yeah, you take the wins and you hope you have more wins at the end of the day than losses, but you're, you're going to lose. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's been so many times I've sat there and, and, and being an entrepreneur is not easy. There's been tons of times where I sat there. I'm like years back where I would sit there and, and I would be like, is this really worth it? it all these hours, all this dedication, all this stress, all this struggle, like, should I get a nine to five? But then I would go to bed, wake up and be like, no, I can't work for nobody. And I would continue to start <laughs> the next day. So it's, I think it's naturally in me to be an entrepreneur. And I don't think it's, 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 it's hard to explain. And I, and there's that million dollar question that you hear a lot of people always ask, are entrepreneurs born or entrepreneurs something you could teach? I'm a strong believer that you're born an entrepreneur. You can't teach it. Mm. You can teach the skills. You can teach the tools. You could guide somebody. Yeah. But at the end of the day, that hustle, that drive, that grit to be like, I have to win. I have to be number one. I think you see that in entrepreneurs. I see you see that in yourself. Athletes. Yeah. 
that mindset where it's like, I'm not going to give up till I get my goal. That is something you're born inside. That's what makes the top athletes in the world. That's what makes the top entrepreneurs in the world is that ones that when people are resting, they'll keep doing the hours. They'll keep putting the times. We, I was, I was on a podcast the other day and we we're just talking about Kobe Bryant. The thing that killed him, that helicopter was also the thing that probably made him great because he used to take that helicopter to the arena hour and a half before every game and shoot over a thousand baskets before his teammates got there after he was already at the top of his game. And it's that, that drive to be the best is what I think drives and pushes entrepreneurs to be so at such different levels than, than, than most people that have worked a nine to five job. Right. That makes sense. So on the topic of being able to build skills, cause you believe that you're, you have a set amount of drive and then there's certain skills that you can build to develop your, your skill set as an entrepreneur. But you talked about, of course. So you talked about, you know, having a lot of failures and losses, which everybody will experience as they're going throughout their journey. I'm wondering, has it always been easy or quick for you to be able to learn from a loss or to be able to bounce back from a loss? Or is that something that was difficult at the beginning? Mentally, it, it, it's, it's draining. And I think anybody will go through that, whether it's you're going through school, through exam. If any losses in life, you have to learn to accept them. And once you learn to accept them and, and learn that the past is the past, once you understand those two things, because once it's past you, it's behind you. You can't change it. You just have to look forward. Yeah. And you have to have that mindset to always look forward, always take one step forward, always move forward. As long as you have that mindset, I think you 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 take those as lessons. Mm-hmm. And 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 once you understand that you take everything as a lesson, like I was I was having this conversation with my daughter where last year she she's a high competitive dancer and she um finished a competition, she finished third place in the competition and she came home, she was all upset and she's so competitive, this kid. And um she was upset and I said, listen, I go. I go, I'm all about winning. I'm all about win, win, win. And I tell my kids, you want to finish first. You have to have that mindset. You want to finish first everything you do. I go, you finished third. Not a problem. I go, what are you going to do now is you are going to watch the video. You're going to study the second place. You're going to study the first place. Learn what they did that was different from you. What made them win. Understand it. Digest it all. Then go back and look at your video. What did you do wrong? Now you take all this information, you intake all this information, you digest it all. Now, the next time around, you know, what is it going to take to be second place or what is it going to take to be first place? So if you could take everything that we go through and take it as a lesson then you didn't lose, but if you just take it as a loss and be and manifest and just drive it in your head and not pass, move forward and keep moving forward and take that as a lesson, that is the problem. And I think 2020 was a year that with all the small businesses, it, it showed very quickly who's entrepreneurs, who's not, who was able to pivot. And I think pivot is such a, is it is such a word that's utilized so much, but I think it's underrated because in a business, you have to be able to pivot at a second moment. The, 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 the moment something starts happening, you got to be able to pivot that business. Then people that do not, or are not willing to pivot because they're old ways or they're scared to pivot, they'll all fail. That's just realistic. The ones that will pivot and whether you're, it was the restaurant going online, a restaurant going to Uber Eats or to skip the dishes, a restaurant saying, I'm going to, I'm going to deliver. There's over 10, I don't know if you know the stat, 10,000 restaurants plus in Canada, all closed their doors in the last 12 months. Wow. The one, but there's a lot of restaurants are probably having record years and no one's talking about. Those are ones that really took 
delivery to the next level. Those are the ones that took online to the next level. Those are the ones that brought up to change their, 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 their pretty much menus to accommodate takeout. So it was being able to pivot and be able to and take that pivot and realize very quickly, as soon as you pivot, if it's not working, you got to pivot again. If it's not working, you got to pivot in. You got to keep changing to be able to hit the market and hit your client base, right? And the ones that are scared to pivot are the ones that fail. That's true. And I'm guessing your ability to pivot gets enhanced and increased as you take on more losses. And if you learn from those losses, right? The more experiences you have under your belt, the more you learn from them, then it sets you up for future situations where you might need to pivot depending on what happens externally. I, I, I think you're always constantly learning too. So you're always constantly, I, one thing I do is you're constantly studying the market, right? You're constantly studying your, mm-hmm. your market. You're constantly studying your, your client base and what their needs are and what their wants are and where their desires are. And as long as you're constantly studying that and constantly, you, you start learning the trends and what is changing by season, what is changing with, with the digital platforms, what is changing and being able to understand and study these, you're going to be able to get ahead of the curve. Like Kamora, where we've been around for January 20th this year was 15 years I've been in business with this company. And how do you stay 15 years in business with a company is being able to pivot. We went from an apparel company to a high-end equipment company. From high-end equipment company, we went to a beginner line equipment company. From beginner line equipment company, we went to customization. From customization, we went to, to private label. To like You're constantly pivoting the company to be able to target different areas of the market. Mm-hmm. Understand, and as long as you're able to do that, like when 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 COVID hit, I mean, 85 percent of our business is wholesale. So all of a sudden, the gym's all closed. Had to pivot again. Let me go. Now we're going to go B to C. We're going to go direct to consumers. Most people will be scared. I invested a lot more money into marketing. Mm-hmm. Now I have to go directly to online to consumers just to get pay the bills to get through. Are we making the same? Were we making the same amount of money as before? No, but we're making enough and we're growing at a good pace still to keep the business at a, at a nice increase because I, I, I pivoted on the spot and I wasn't scared to invest in the business because I believed in the business. Out of curiosity, I know with uh, Kimura Wear, you, you guys produce MMA-based gear, right? Yeah. Is that something you, is that a sport you played, uh, com- competed in, or was it just more of an interest? I trained for a bit on and off over the yeah. years, but it's nothing, there's nothing I did competitively to, yeah. to actually to actually try to win or do anything like that. No, it was something we did at a very, um, it was more of a fun pace and I did it, did it over the years. And I, I've always been involved in some form of martial art or boss or something my whole life on and off. So it hasn't been for a few years. Um, but, um, but there, there was a time when I was, I was doing it just for just for training fun, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and stuff like that. Yeah. That's cool. And I know you mentioned you, you guys just made a big pivot this past year, but if we went back uh, into the storyline a little bit and talked about the inception of the business leading up to around 2008, what would you say are some of the key highlights of that business? And this can be focused on the great, the, the amazing moments, the getting a partnership, or it can be focused on maybe uh, a failure or a setback. What are some of like the key highlights that um, you, you could share with us? I mean, it, it, at, the, at the inception of the company was fun because it was, it was, it was, I was jumping into an industry that was just taking off, which the UFC at that point, now if you're into the UFC or not, it was, it was literally just starting to skyrocket. So I jumped on the bandwagon before it took off. So we were one of the first companies, if not the first that really did walkout shirts for all the fighters. So we were heavily sponsoring a lot of athletes. We we're hanging around with a lot of athletes, talking to a lot of athletes. It's funny because I just got off the phone call 
um, right now with an athlete that I'm actually going to start uh, working with and coaching. That was a former UFC fighter that I actually sponsored in 2011. And he was like, yeah, my wife was pregnant and you sponsored me. And, and I was in Montreal. It was, it was in Montreal, the card. So yeah. it's, it's, it was, it was a fun time and it was a lot of, it was a lot of growth in the company, but it taught me how to pivot very quickly. That was actually a great lesson when it came to the pivoting because we started off as an apparel company. And then all of a sudden we were, we had all these contracts. We had contracts with 26 UFC fighters for walkout shirts. And all of a sudden these bigger brands like tap out and, and, and all these other brands started coming and dropping tons of money into sponsorship. And I was like, Hey, ain't going to do that. And it forced me to pivot very quickly to equipment. And I'm like, let me, let me now target the people that are training. And we switched away from the apparel. Well, these companies are all throwing money and there's tons of them. They're all bankrupt. They're all gone. And we're still that little engine that could, we're still going on strong after 15 years. Right. So at the first three to four years, it was all about um, growth. It was all about branding and it was, it was just fun. The company was fun. I was traveling. I was doing a lot of the UFC shows and stuff like that. So it was a lot of fun, but I, I quickly learned I had to pivot the company this for the survival of the company. So that was my first real pivot in, I would say 2008. I'm interested to hear how your, your life is as someone who's so deeply involved in many different things, running businesses, you have the vacation rentals, you're doing podcasting, you're coaching, mentoring. But I think a great transition to this is leading up to 2008. So if you could take us through that time frame and how I know there was a big change in terms of what your purpose is, I think there's a lot to be taken out of that. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. So in 2008, and this is a story I, I, I hold very close to obviously to my heart and it's a story I've, I've told many times, but in 2008, um, I was one of those overworked entrepreneurs. I was working, 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 build, build, build that. My daughter was a year and a half old at that time. My wife was pregnant um, on our, with our second child. I was very disconnected. I was very disconnected with my family life. It was all about building and growing my business. And, and I was very rarely, rarely ever home. And it was a Friday afternoon when my um, wife was um, rushed to the hospital. And uh, at 31 weeks pregnant, we almost lost my wife and my son the same night. And I was put in a room where um, my wife was knocked out and they looked at me and said, your son's got about five or 10 minutes left of life. I go, and they asked me, do you have a name for him to put on his birth certificate? And we didn't even have a name for him at that point. And I just, the first name that came to my head was Tiago, which means God's warrior. And I just put that on a piece of paper. And I'm not even a religious person. So I don't even know why I put that on a piece of paper. And, and that's when his journey started. And for the next four months, Sick Kids Hospital became the home for my family and my son. And through the journey, I mean, he, there's stories that, I mean, it'll put tears on anybody's eyes, but he was born with um, seven organs um, non-functioning and part of his brain, which one was really damaged, pretty damaged. And, we almost lost him four or five times in the process. And it was about four months old when he was still four and a half pounds and the doctors didn't want to release him from sick kids till he was five pounds. And he was still on feeding tubes, never swallowed in his life. And as a father, I looked at my wife and that week and I said, listen, like it's time to take him home. It's time for us to be parents. And I forced the doctors. Uh, we did, we had to prove that we could take care of him. And um, they put him in a room for uh, Thursday till Saturday with no doctor care. We proved that we could feed him and take care of him with the feeding tubes. And we took him home. And when we got home, um, before we got home, we left the hospital to give us discharge papers. And the discharge papers gave his diagnosis, his label, I should call it. And he was labeled with cerebral palsy. And he was, and the doctor says, listen, his brain's been very damaged as of, at birth. And there's a good chance he'll be confined to a wheelchair. 
And we got home that day and, and we looked at my wife and, and it was just, it was, even though we had another child, it was just like, what do we do? And I remember waking up the next day and I said, I looked at my wife and I said, whatever we do, whatever the path happens with our son, I just don't want to be six years old looking at my son and think I in living with regret. I didn't want to have that opportunity of saying I didn't do everything I possibly could as a parent to be able to give him his best path possible. And, and that's when our journey started. And we took everything as a win. We took, I, I invested in every type of therapy. I did everything possible. I studied everything he had. I studied every type of therapy I could do at home. And it was just, everything was a win. When he first, we took everything, like I said, when he first laughed at like six months old, my daughter drops him on the floor and he started laughing. That was like, that was a huge moment for us. We're all crying. Like um, when he first, a year and a half old, when he first balanced himself, that was a huge win for us. And, and we started the process and growing and growing and developing and developing. And eventually with all the therapy, I changed, which every doctor said it would never happen. I got him to be able to walk with braces and he had braces up to his knees. And we were told he'd be in braces till he was 19 years old. And with his mindset, this kid is an absolute beast. Like this, this kid will, like his mindset is, is not as it'll pass any adult. Like he's so driven and with his drive and, and my push, we got him prior to his 12th birthday out of his braces. And now we're getting, we're doing this summer, our first marathon together. And this kid is an absolute, we just did this Sunday or Saturday. I put it on. We just did 5k. And in the last, like the last, like 10 minutes back home, I, I was like dying. And he's looking at me like, come on, dad, you can do it. Don't give up that, which is crazy for a 12 year old. Right. And, and that's been our journey. And that's kind of been where it, it all came together. And then over the last 12 years, I really studied parenthood and fatherhood and, and, and I already had the entrepreneurial side. I understood business, but it was great to learn how parents and dads reacted, how parents or dad, why weren't they home? Why weren't they present? Why weren't they able to balance and have a successful business and a successful family life? And I call it the three to seven where every day, I mean, today will be a little exception, but I try to be home every day from three to seven, but I make sure I'm home for dinner every single night. I've been doing that for like, like 11 and a half years. And and that being able to spend the toilet time, being able to be present with my kids. When I'm home from three to seven, my phone's off. I'm present with my kids. I'm there. We're doing sports. We're going for hikes. We're we're, do, we're very interactive as a family. And, and I realized in order for my business to be successful, I had to sacrifice something. So I sacrificed my time. I'm up at 4.30 every morning. And you always hear those entrepreneurs like, I'm up at 4.00. Believe me, I, I hate it. There's, there's, I almost fight myself every single day to get up at that time, but I know in my head, if I sacrifice myself to be up at 4.30, I'm able to be present with my family from 3 to 7. So it was that sacrifice and understanding the sacrifices and understanding how to build memories, how to document memories. And these are all things that now it's, it's, it gave me a higher purpose to be able to give back and teach other father entrepreneurs all the lessons I've learned, right? That's me in a nutshell. That was a powerful story and I'm really glad to hear that those wins kept adding up and you're doing so many amazing things. Like you mentioned, you got, you have a marathon this summer. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's super cool. Going from having all these challenges to now making all this progress. I mean, that must be amazing. Oh, it's, it's incredible, right? It's just, it's, it's every parent and every, every, Buddy, like obviously, even you, like your parents must be so proud of just what you've accomplished with your soccer and your academics. And and it's just your parents are always happy to see their children succeed. Um, we had a different mindset where every single thing was a little goal, right? I mean, an example, like it took us three months for him to hop on one lake. 
the little things that it come easy to other people. But when we got there, it was a huge accomplishment, right? Um, he's, he's, when he was born, his whole right side of his body had no function. And, but he's naturally right-handed, but he learned how to do everything with his left hand. And now he's really taken on to baseball and he's this little left-handed pitcher. And, and this kid's, he's, he just hit the other day, 56 miles an hour is a 12 year old, 95 pound kid throwing as a lefty wow. and, and throwing strikes. So it's like, we, we, we're documenting all this. I mean, his progress and everything he's done from day one, we've documented through video, all his progress, all his runs, all his, so it's like, he's got a story to tell. And I'm here just, I'm just cultivating this, this platform that eventually one day when he's ready to tell a story, he'll change millions and millions of people's lives just by his story. Right. So that's a big goal of mine right now as well. Yeah. I'm really excited to see that. I'm curious, do you think you would have had this shift into focusing business and entrepreneurship into maintaining a balanced life and into maintaining family life if that hadn't happened? No, no. I always say that um, Tiago pretty much turned me in, into the man I am to the dad I am. And I always say that um, he everything he's been through and all the suffering and pain that he's been through and us as a family has been through has been a blessing because it's, it's, it's put us into who we are. I've been married for 18 years now. I'm very happily married with my wife. And, and we have, as a, as a family unit, are so much more united because of his struggle. But his struggle is also because of his wins. But the lessons he's taught me and the kindness and the, and the heart and the, and, the, and the drive. Like I look at him, it's like this kid It's like, I'll be doing a wall sitting exercise me and him next to each other and the kids looking at me laughing like come on dad when are you gonna give up like his mind is so strong and he's made me so much stronger it made me not want to quit doing things right so it's it's just it's it's incredible the lessons indirectly he's taught me right i would say that's probably the easiest way to look at it. it's indirect mess mentoring he's done to me as a as a child which is pretty crazy that's amazing and then, so I'm guessing your because uh, congratulations, by the way, on your book, which I know recently came out. I'm guessing a lot of the lessons in there are from the process that has been going on the last couple of years. Yeah. So the book was, there's two aspects of the book. I'm, I'm actually in the process of um, writing my second book, which should be the long version. But mm-hmm. the book was more of just to get out and, and bring awareness. So when I, I had one purpose with the book when I first started it. And I, it, was a, it was a very short read, 102 pages. And it was a read where you would read the book. And when you're done, you would, the first thing that came to your head is, I want to learn more about Jeff. And everybody that's read the book says the exact same thing. I want to learn more about Jeff. So that was the main purpose was to help build me as a brand. But at the same time, too, it was lessons for entrepreneurs. It's called Entrepreneurial Dad. It was lessons that I've learned and I've implied into my left life that create more of a, I know a lot of people say they hate the word balance. You hear Gary, Gary V like, oh, there's no such word as balance. He, he says it all the time. There is a way of controlling balance and balance is not a bad word. It's creating balance where you you have enough time at home. You master your schedule. You learn how to block your schedule and that balance could work towards anything. I want to be a successful soccer player, but I want to do good in school learning how to block and master your schedule and learning how to study even the white spots in your schedule, your free time, how to utilize those free time, how to benefit from those free time. So mastering your schedule is a huge part of what I do as well. And every single month is I always look at my schedule, my, my, my family, my wife, my kids, I put that first on my calendar and everything else is booked after that. So learning how to master your schedule, how to figure out your priorities, how to understand what things in your life are the, 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 the things that are, they have to be there. They're, they're, they're unnegotiable. 
understanding what the unnegotiable things in your life are. Once you understand them and you prioritize them in your schedule first, you have to, we all have 24 hours. There's no reason why this guy is so successful and that guy's not. It's just figuring out how to utilize those 24 hours and make the most out of it, right? I go, that's the difference from probably the most successful people in the world and the most the ones that are sitting on their couch doing nothing. That's very true. I'm wondering what tools would you recommend for people to use to better understand how to balance their life? Because I think it's very easy to get caught up with a specific goal or a dream and you're just full on in with it and you're hustling and you're grinding and then you start to neglect other parts of your life. What are some tools do you think that people could use? Is it as something as simple as having a planner to look at? Is it journaling? And I know every single person is going to have their own tool. but Journal- Journaling is a huge part of it because you're, you're laying down your thoughts and your understanding. Um, understanding how to say no and understanding what is your, what is important to you. I think honestly, when you look at something, you have a goal, you, you want to turn pro as a soccer player. You you have that as a pro, as a thing, you, you want to finish school. You also want to have some form of social life at your age. So now you have to figure it out and look, this is the pie hundred percent. This is what I got. How much of that 100% will I dedicate towards soccer? As the years pass, you might dedicate less and less because there's less chance of turning pro. But right now, you might dedicate 40 or 30% of your, your actual allocated time towards getting that goal. Now, I got to figure out 20% towards school, 10% towards family, 10% towards friends, to other, other last five or 10% towards myself. So now you understand that. Now you look at your day and now you have your, your schedule. Now look at everything on your schedule in your day and you see now sit there and, and study your schedule and say, okay, how much is it 25% or 75% of the day I'm doing soccer? Like, look at your schedule. And if it's not aligned to what your goal is, how you're mapping your day out on a, on a, like a pie chart map, then you got to start figuring your schedule and filling up more of the soccer or less friend time or less of the my time and balancing out your schedule to actually align to what your real goals are. Because a lot of people have these goals, but their schedule and their life is not aligned to their goals. Look at your schedule. Is that, if it's, like I said, if your soccer is 50% of your life, I'm going to dedicate towards soccer. Is your schedule dedicating 50% of your life towards soccer? If it's not, you got to do more time. If it's 75%, you got to cut down some of the time. That's how you have to align your actual purpose of what you're trying to accomplish. And, and there could be tons of purpose. A lot of people say, what's your purpose? My purpose could be a great, being a great son. My purpose could be bringing a great dad. My purpose could be, I want my business to do 10 mil this year instead of eight mil, whatever your purposes are, you can have many purposes. It's just how important are they in the overall schedule of your life? And that's all it is, is mastering your schedule. It's the simplest, simplest thing. And once you're able to do that, you will get your goals. Cause now you have, you understand your priorities, right? You're quiet. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I've also noticed for myself the days where what I'm doing in the day, the tasks I have lined up, when they align with my values and my goals and what I'm truly trying to reach, at the end of the day, not only am I getting close to my goals, but I also feel more fulfilled because my behaviors and my actions actually mapped out with what is true to to me and what I want Your to. Your purpose. Your purpose. 100%. Yeah. 100%. 100%. 100%, right? We all, I, I can't stress this enough, is we all have 24 hours in a day. There's no reason why somebody is so much further ahead than you, right? And skilled, and is it, it can only take you a certain level. That drive, that dedication, those extra repetitions, like Michael Jordan, high school coach, 
If he didn't, if he quit after he was kicked off his high school team, would he, I'm saying like, there's so many stories like that. You have to be inspired by the stories and you have to utilize those stories into your own life and, and live that way. There's no reason why you're not playing on a, on Arsenal in three years. And if there, if there is a reason, it's because you don't, you're not ready to dedicate that time to get there and that dedication needed to get there. Like Ronaldo just did an interview. I was watching this week and Ronaldo did an interview with um, Pierce Morgan as an hour interview. And it's crazy after all his accomplishments, he won 144 trophies from the, 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 the golden boots, you name it, he's won it until this day. Him and, and Messi have the sack, which is, I think is the golden cup or golden something. They both have five each. His drive to be ahead of Messi when he retires is at this level is still like, that's all he dreams about. That's all he cares about. You're telling me if he didn't have that passion, that drive to be number one every single day, he just, he hates losing. He hates being second. If he didn't have that, would he be able to accomplish what he accomplished? No way. Okay, then, then there's your answer. If you want to be, if you want to play in a Premier League in a few years, you know what you have to do, right? And you know how much time is going to dedicate to get there. And then now you just have to look at your schedule and be like, you know what, this is a priority to me. And if I only have three years to get there or two years to get there, I'm going to make it 90% of my priority. The, live, the worst thing you could do is live with regrets. That is the worst and the most painful thing anybody could do is live with regrets. And do you want to turn around when you're 35 years old and be like, you know what? If I gave it that hard push for those two years, maybe I could have got here. And now it's too late. You're going to live with the rest of your life. But if you say, this is what it's going to take to get there. And I give everything I can. And I get to the highest level I can. Even if you don't make it there, you're going to feel fulfilled because you gave everything you had. And you'll never live with regrets. That's the biggest, most painful thing people do every single day is live with regrets. And, and, and honestly, the last two and a half years, I live with zero regrets. And I always tell people this, if my dad calls me and says, Jeff, I need some help. And, and he's in Toronto. I've been brand is half an hour away. Years ago, I'd be like, yeah, no problem, dad. I'll come help you on Saturday. Honestly, now I do not want to live with regrets. I don't want to drive home and get that phone call that something happened to my dad. And I regret the rest of my life, not I didn't go see him. So now any opportunity that when it comes to family, when it comes to my kids, I call the yes factor. My kids say, dad, I want to go for a bike ride. It's done. Let's go. I don't, I don't, I, I'll drop everything because I live with zero rest when it comes to my family. That's my priority. My parents, my family, my sister, they're my priority. So that's my, that is my non-negotiable. Understand? So if you live with zero regrets and focus on what's, what's your purpose is at that moment, you're going to get whatever you accomplish. Anything you want, you're going to get, I guarantee it. That's so powerful. You're going to go out there. You're going to go out and start playing. You're going to go, you're going to take your trade to another level. <laughs> 110%. So Jeff would love to wrap up the podcast with a couple of quick fire questions. Okay. hundred percent. Go. First one is what brings you the most joy? Family, family, family time. And just seeing my kids smile and just, just joy, just being around your loved ones. Nice. Uh, what hobbies and activities do you like doing the most? Hobbies? I, 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 two things. I mean, when it comes to business, I love networking. I love meeting new people. I love hearing creative ideas. I love meeting people like yourself that are, that are they're going to pretty much control the world in a few years. So I love networking when it comes to business. But when it comes to personal, I, I'm, I've, been, I've been somehow lifting weights or working out for God since I was 16. So there's nothing more enjoyable than just, just stress, relieving stress with a good workout. So taking time for myself working out. And then when it comes to business side, just networking. I love networking, meeting new people. 
What are two of your bigger bucket list items that you want to achieve in your life? I mean, one of them is not even for me, it's for my son. I mean, one of them is my goal is to get my son to throw a fastball as a lefty 90 miles an hour by time he turns 17. That's, a, that's one of our goals together. So that's, that's a big bucket list for myself. And I, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't look at long-term goals. I never, a lot of people are like, what do you want to be five years or 10 years? I look at everything as one year at a time. And I have, I, in, in 2020, I said, and I know this is a longer than you expected, but in 2020, when April hit, I said, for the next 12 months, I want to, I want to have a number one selling book. I want to have a number one rated, I want to have a top rated podcast. I want to create a man's platform and I want to educate myself. So I actually went back to school last year and I became like internationally certified life coach, NLP coach. And in those 12 months, our podcast hit top 10. We've, we've recorded 106 episodes and my book became number one in 11 categories. So I always set goals. So I have my goals for 2021, which I don't really tell, but I have my goals. So I, I, I set a handful of really high goals every year and I crush them every year. I crush them. And it's not even if I'm going to crush them, it's just when I'm going to crush them. So it's, I look at everything as, as, as three months, six months and one year goals. That's what I look at. So I don't look at anything long-term, but when it comes to buck list, I mean, that with my son, I think that's a, it's a huge thing for us right now is that. Mm, yeah, that's a big one. What is a skill you currently have that you wish you had 10 years ago? understanding time is a currency. I think when you're younger, time is, is an abundance for us. And as we get older and you look at your parents in their seventies and I look at my kids in high school, my daughter's in high school, I realize that the one thing we cannot get back is time. And I think it's such a precious thing. And I think, and, and as we get older, we realize it a lot more and we appreciate it a lot more. And it's something I'm really understanding and, and taking appreciation for and, and, and that comes to the back to what we talked about before living with regrets. So I think time is a currency and, and understanding the importance of time. And then I guess to really take advantage of that goes back to the scheduling the day and really being aware of what you're doing with your day. And if it lines up with your values and, and what you want to be doing in life. And learning how to eliminate things and eliminate people in your life that shouldn't, they're just, they're negative. Mm-hmm. Get rid of all that negativity in your life, man. Life's too short to be around people that are bring you down and, 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 and not have the same goals or mindsets. Surround yourself with people that are either higher than you at your level, or if they're below you, that's okay. But they're on their way up the same path as you. Line yourself around people that are going to just bring up your, your core values. They're going to bring up, bring you as a person at a, to a different level. So eliminate people in your life that are just waste of time. And I've done that a lot in the last few years. I've, I've, I've really learned to, to get, people out of my life that are not there at a higher purpose or higher level let's say you want to get to know a person to a deeper level but you only have two questions what would your two questions be i always say to to tell me their childhood and tell me what's the most important thing in your life nice i like those and jeff you mentioned your very short term in the sense of like three months six months one year and you really want to crush it this year yeah what would you say you're most excited about this year a man's purpose. Like I, I'm really want to build a community of entrepreneurial dads, a, a safe place that they could all go talk and just and feel comfortable. Whether you're a single dad, whether you, you're a dad that's trying to find a balance in your life, whether you're a dad that's killing it on all levels, but just need somebody to hang out with and talk to. And at the same time, too, 2020 hit a lot of small business owners, and that's why I created a platform because coaching 
I mean, some of these mentorship programs are thousands and thousands of dollars a month. We're charging 47 bucks a month, your coach once a week. And the reason I did this platform, that if whether you're a barbershop owner, a gym owner, a mama pop, a martial arts gym, you can afford it. And that was a reason that you could get high level coaching and be surrounded around like-minded driven people that could all bond and grow together at an affordable price that you're not going to stress about every month. So that was why I built the platform. So I, I really want this platform to, in, in a couple of years, to be at thousands and thousands of entrepreneurial dads growing at a cra- crazy, crazy rate. That's my goal with Man's Purpose. Really exciting. I'm looking forward to see it. And Jeff, let us know where we can connect with you and support your journey. Yeah. So if you're an entrepreneurial dad, check out jeffreylopes.com. It's J-F-F-R-E-Y-L-O-P-E-S. And I'm on all the social media platforms, but I mean, the one I'm most present on is Instagram. You can hit me at, at Jeff Lopes, J-F-F-L-O-P-E-S. And uh, that's pretty much the areas you could be able to get a hold of me. Amazing. All that's going to be in the description. Make sure to connect with Jeff. Amazing, amazing individual doing amazing things. Jeff, thank you for coming on. Thank you so much, brother. Thank you for having this great platform. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the 8 Billion Gifts podcast. Check out the links in the description if you are looking to get connected with this week's guest. This is a great platform to expand your network, connect with people who come on, and to learn something new at the same time. Stay tuned for next week's episode featuring a new story and mindset. In the meantime, keep learning, keep growing, and have an amazing day.